0: what's up everybody this is fred Ricciani. we have right here via zoom a very special guest he's won half of the hottest tag team in the business today going for the gold at aew grand slam we are talking to the incredibly talented the acclaims anthony bowens anthony thank you so much for the time how's everything
1: going it's pretty good just had a good workout here in beautiful la and uh now i'm here with you and let's chat hell yeah Let's chat. I should also say New Jersey's own
0: Anthony Bowen. So nice to have kind of a home state guy with me here.
1: Yeah, I miss Jersey. Uh, A lot of these places that we go to a lot shuts down early in the day and I kind of miss being at home and being able to get up at like 1am go to a diner and get really good food and (laughs) and feel good about myself afterwards. I miss it.
0: And how hard is it to be on the road and not get a good bagel or a good slice of pizza, pizza unless oh. you're in the New York, New Jersey area?
1: <laughs> oh. Like, it's great here. The weather is beautiful. But I had a, a bacon, egg and cheese on just on a plain bagel the other day, and I almost vomited because <laughs> the bagel was so bad. Uh, the, the bread and the Italian food in the Northeast, uh, you can't beat it. Definitely not. And hey man, you can't beat
0: the momentum that the Acclaimed has right now. Let's talk about the match. Everybody was talking about All Out Weekend, which, of course, is the acclaimed versus Swerve in our glory. Keith Lee, Swerve, you guys had one hell of a match. To quote you on your own Instagram, you said you guys stole the show. I concur. Were you shocked at the reaction? Not not so much the work you put in the ring, but just from the fans and just from the fans watching worldwide?
1: Um, We knew that we had a lot of support going into the pay-per-view, and we knew this would probably be the sleeper uh, match of the pay-per-view, and uh, it ended up exceeding, I guess, everyone's expectations. And it's a good lesson for a lot of the fans who like to whine and complain about things, because all I heard throughout the entire week was, oh, there's no build to this, it's going to suck. We're professionals, allow us to do our job, and we did it really, really well. Um, and we expected again, like we expect a really good reaction, but the, that moment when they started chanting, Oh, scissor me daddy. I think if you watch the match, even swerve kind of got caught off guard too. We both were like, Oh, and then I was like, "Oh, I got to beat this guy up again." <laughs> so there was a moment, to, moment in that that match where it's like, "Wow, this is insane." I have a lot of goals and aspirations, and, and Max too. We both want to be successful in the professional wrestling business, and we push each other to get to this point. But if you said it would happen within two years of being here, of two years of being a tag team in general, it's it's, it's crazy. Where did scissor me come from? Um, So the scissor itself was, there was a time in, uh, it was a dark taping way back in the pandemic era where I hit my pose with the, with the a and caster came up behind me and he scissored me. And there was a camera shot of it where I'm kind of like, what the hell, like, what did you just do? And back then I was more on the safe side with things. Caster loved to push buttons. I was kind of like, I don't want to get fired. I'm new here. Like, I don't want to do anything that's like weird. And um i made the face and then eventually they told us to stop doing it and then for some reason we just started doing it again and i kind of had this rebellious <laughs> attitude too where i was like screw it let's just keep doing it and uh um, one i don't remember what match it was but i remember laying on the floor and then looking up and the entire first row had their hands over the barricade and they're yelling scissor me bones and i was like huh <laughs> we're kind of on to something and we leaned into it it just started becoming more and more of a thing and then um uh, we added Billy to the equation, and I one particular live rampage, I was sitting um, in Gorilla. I was in my wheelchair at the time when I was injured, and we were minutes from going out, and it just popped into my head, because Austin, uh, Austin Gunn kept calling his father daddy. It's like huh. It'd be kind of funny if I said, scissor me daddy ass, <laughs> live on television. Like, oh, I'm just going to go out and say it. I went out, and I said it, and came back, and the internet blew up, and now it's turned into the number one selling t-shirt.
0: That is, that is incredible, right? Billy Gunn, I saw a tweet that I think you retweeted that, that said something along the lines of Back in the day when Billy Gunn was with Degeneration X, they had a t shirt that would get you kicked out of school. And now all these years later, he has another t shirt that could get you kicked out of school. I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, and you had mentioned at the top of this interview that you just got back from workout. You're in fantastic shape, but you did hit a bit of a rough patch at times with injuries. So, how does it feel now to? come out of that other side and also for aw to have the faith in you to keep you on tv while you were rehabbing
1: feels great um i have a we have a boss that trusts us um that allows us to to give him ideas and you know making sure that i stayed on television and having a good storyline to sink our teeth into was one of them Uh, and he allowed us to do that with uh, the ass boys and billy um as far as the injuries go like it's i was hurt maybe once or twice on the Independence. In my eight year span, I get signed and then bang, the, the two injuries come. So um, I hate having a label being injury prone because I'm not just two, um, I guess, unfortunate events, but they ended up being both really positive. I'm very big with um, taking negatives and and, and um, turning them into positives. And if I didn't get hurt, we wouldn't have went into the, the storyline with Billy and this whole explosion either may not have happened or would have happened you know, way down the road. So I think everything happens for a reason.
0: Definitely does. And I got to ask you about the story that everybody's been talking about. So much controversy. And of course, obviously, I'm talking about when Swerve interrupted the acclaimed entrance <laughs> in, in Buffalo. So controversial, trending on Twitter. How'd you feel about it? And
1: how do you plan on responding to that? Well, we're going to beat his ass. That's as simple as that. You know, you don't cut off Platinum Max's rap. Everybody in that arena and, and on online and watching at home, they want to see Max rap every single week because you never know what he's going to say. You know, he is absolutely insane. And that's the best part of it. The acclaimed or must watch television every single week because you never know what's going to happen, especially on live TV. From what I understand you
0: were a standout baseball player and you could have maybe continued your baseball career, but opted to go into pro wrestling. Obviously it's worked out for you up to this point, but when you were first told, Hey, maybe you should try this wrestling thing. What was your first impression?
1: So yeah, I played baseball from little league all the way through college. I played division one at Seton Hall university in New Jersey. And then I transferred over to Montclair state university, also in New Jersey, Montclair, obviously. Um, <laughs> and uh, it got to the point where I kind of fell out of love and I fell out of love in baseball of baseball. And um I was also like playing through an injury at bad tendonitis. I was in pain every single day I wasn't having a good time so I stopped playing and there was this like patch of time during the day where I was used to being on the field or doing something and it was just it was really boring to be honest, to be honest with you I had nothing to do so I needed something creative I needed something athletic to do and I've always loved professional wrestling never really gave it a thought until um my friends and I before one of the hurricanes uh where everybody was like stuck indoors We were bored and they're like, let's make a wrestling video. And my friends aren't, just one of my friends are, it's kind of like a wrestling fan. The rest were kind of like, hey, let's just have some fun. And um, we made this like little YouTube mini series that ended up catching on locally. People loved it. So we made more. And the feedback I'd kept getting from it was, you kind of look like a trained pro wrestler already. You should probably do it. And that kind of first planted the seed. Um, And then eventually, I think a year after that, um i ran into uh, santina morella at my local gym in jersey and um i took a picture of him. and as i was walking away he stopped me in character still he had an italian accent (laughs) and he was like hey like you you look like a pro wrestler have you ever thought about becoming one i was like yeah like i just don't know where to go pulls out his phone he gives me the number to pat buck who is the owner and trainer at Creative pro wrestling academy or wrestle pro at the time it was pro wrestling syndicate um and current AEW producer um he gave me the number to Pat I called him and I started training the next week
0: wow and Pat Buck I feel like is really one of the unsung heroes when it comes to wrestling trainers to an extent nothing against other wrestling trainers other wrestling companies we hear a lot about the west coast and Japan and everything else but I mean Pat Buck and alongside you know Kevin McDonald and, and a few other guys has been really quietly running like a hell of a promotion. First, it was Pro Wrestling Syndicate. Now, you know, Wrestle Pro and and, and Creator Pro. I mean, he's not just trained you, but of course, you know, Max Caster, Chris Statlander, some guy named named MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Uh, pretty damn good track record. He had a lot of high marks. When he was in WWE as a producer.
1: Now, of course, with AEW, what have you learned the most from Pat Buck? I mean, I learned almost everything from Pat Buck. That's like a walking wrestling encyclopedia. So he taught me almost everything. I learned tag team wrestling from uh, Brian Myers. And then I learned uh, how to be aggressive and like really, really um, just, you know, lay stuff in and, and and work an audience from Dan Moff. So I had like, and then other influences from uh, like Mario Bocara, uh, The Heavenly Bodies, Justin and Mark Carino, follow by, follow by. so many different um, influences. But Pat was the main guy. Really talented guys. Uh, to learn from for sure now i was browsing around your imdb a little
0: bit and of course most of it is pro wrestling but i saw you've also done some acting and you also did some logging for a world series documentary as well so prior to getting into pro wrestling or to really get, getting that big break with AEW, did you think about getting into tv and film in some capacity
1: so a lot of the tv film stuff happened while i was a professional wrestler so i had a tryout out with um, nxt in 2015 and the feedback i got for them was hey you have um four of the five things we need to be a superstar uh you're, you're just kind of lacking personality which you know was fair back then because i was didn't have a character i was bland i was just like a blue chip athlete i was still in the closet so i had these like walls up around me subconsciously i wasn't able to be myself so i get it but it lit a fire under me because and that's actually where the five tool player came from um a little fire under me that you know I wanted to prove these these guys wrong. So I went out and I started taking acting classes, sketch comedy classes. I ended up landing an agent in New York, so I've done like eight national commercials since then. Lunchables, uh, Domino's Pizza, Optimum online, uh it's a bunch of those different things. Um I did a live improv shows, I did a live sketch comedy show. I landed two magazine covers. So I just Really tried to do everything I could to make myself um, a better performer. And now that um, my boyfriend and I are out in LA, um, we're trying to grow our YouTube channel that we started back in 2016, which we've gotten up to like 215,000 subs. And um, I'd love to dive into some like TV and film to lay the foundation for after pro wrestling, because I'd like to do this until I'm very old or I can't physically do it anymore. So then I can, you know, still be in front of the camera in a different creative capacity. That's fantastic, man. And obviously, I'm sure it helps on camera, right? And with your screen presence and everything. Oh, yeah. Like it, I think that YouTube was the biggest help for that because it forced you to be in front of a camera. It's very awkward. Like when you first start doing it, because you're just sitting there in front of a camera. There's no uh immediate reaction from anything and just you're talking to nothingness and that helped me become a lot more comfortable even doing stuff like this because there was a time where you know I would have had trouble speaking um in general so just being comfortable speaking in front of a camera that that helped a lot
0: and, and you mentioned to your boyfriend and at, at the time when you first tried out for JWE, you you hadn't come out yet you are out. You are unapologetically you. It's a, it's a beautiful story covered by a lot of different outlets and everything. And, it, and it's kind of crazy how these days it's just accepted like, hey, you know, Max, Anthony, platonic friends. It's great. There's no BS. There's no exploitation. There's none. There's none of that. Whereas back in the day with Chris Canyon, he was kind of ostracized and you didn't see a lot of athletes, just male athletes, I should say, in general coming out. So how's the reception been for you with AEW fans and backstage allowing you to just kind
1: of be you? It's great. And that was one of the things that attracted me to coming to AEW is when I came here as an uh, as an extra before I was signed. I just I saw people like Sunny Kiss and Nyla Rose uh, just walking around being themselves without judgment and people being inclusive with them. And there was no fear for them at all uh, to be themselves. And that was super important to me um, for wherever I would I would land at the time. Um, so I, there's never a time where I'm at work or I'm consciously thinking about it. It's something that's openly celebrated. It's, you know, I bring it up openly in front of my friends and, and coworkers. So uh, we've come a long way in terms of inclusiveness in locker rooms and such. Um, fans from time to time, we've still got work to do, but the uh, it's been overwhelmingly uh, positive. And I take that responsibility of being an out um, athlete very seriously because I'd like to show that, you know, you can be a successful um, openly gay uh, professional athlete without it being the center of attention, without being the center of focus. But at times it is important to bring it up like um, well, for, for next week uh, in, in particular, you know, Max and I are going to fight for our lives in this match. And we also want to bring home gold. And if we do, I end up being AEW's first gay champion, which is something that I would be um, super proud of. So I'm going to have some extra um, inspiration, I guess, underneath me for that match.
0: Well said. Love that. And you mentioned AEW Grand Slam. Of course, AEW Grand Slam, September 21st, Arthur Ashe Stadium. The acclaimed in a rematch against Swerve and Our Glory for the tag team titles. Hey, I, th- I think a lot of people think you get the job done. Knock on wood. We don't want to jinx you. Now, before we let you go, we always like to ask our guests some random and rapid fire questions just to get to know them better. Are you ready? Sure. Favorite late night snack or cheat meal?
1: Oh, God. Um Last night, I had a whole bowl of watermelon, but I also had Gertrude Hawk chocolate, which is my, it's like a local uh, chocolate, what do you call it, factory? And in the Northeast, it's based in Pennsylvania. It's my favorite chocolate in the world. What's your workout regimen like? I work out four to five times a week for at least an hour and a half. Three of those times, I make sure there's a very high intensity cardio at the end. Other than that, there's nothing really specific. I kind of fluctuated based upon how I'm feeling. What was your first impression of Max Castor? I didn't know I had no idea. I've only heard um, like stuff through the grapevine, through, through creative pro, you know, he's, he's definitely somebody who you need to get to know. And he's, I think he's fantastic. He's somebody that I, at this point, I can't, it'd be weird if I wasn't speaking to him every day. He's become a brother to me. Um, I think he's funny. Uh, if you if can get past his sarcasm, I think he's a wonderful person uh, to be around. I think he would enjoy him too.
0: I gotta say, shout out to Max Castor for having that John Cena moment when he picked up Keith Lee at All Out. That was uh, that that was nuts. <laughs>
1: My man, he is very, very strong. He busts his ass in the gym. Um, Cena's a big supporter of the acclaimed. He's a big supporter of Castor. He's you know stated openly he keeps posting about it on uh, on Instagram, which is pretty cool. So um, I- I'm glad that Castor is getting that affirmation, especially since in the beginning, we had the entire inning, oh, you are just a John Cena ripoff, blah, 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 blah. And to, you no, know, one, we're not. And two, to see Cena kind of clear all those, those uh, negative comments away just by giving him affirmation like that. I think that's super cool.
0: Great to to see the acclaim, getting some acclaim, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's the biggest lesson you've learned from coach Gunn?
1: I don't want to bring that up public, like in an interview setting, because it's kind of inside baseball a bit in terms of wrestling. Um, But I've learned a lot from him. He's been such a big help uh, just having his presence there to kind of uh, pick his brain for psychology. Um, he is one of the best tag team wrestlers there ever was. So um, having him to to lean on is is pretty cool.
0: So John Cena loves the acclaimed. Billy Gunn obviously loves the acclaimed. Another man who unexpectedly loved the acclaimed. Jim Ross. Every <laughs> Jim- every time every time you guys come out, he's always jamming. He's always like, listen, like he's he's really into it. How does it feel to have the greatest announcer of all time? give you that kind of endorsement.
1: You know, you know, you're doing something right when you have guys like JR, who's like really, really into you. He's been super supportive um, on air, off air. Um, It's not just a catchphrase when I yell it and almost lose my voice every single week. Everyone loves the acclaimed. It's, it's a, it's a way of life. It's a fact of life at this point. What's the best piece of advice do you get for success? Never take no for an answer and um always be persistent but patient. I always say persistence and patience. A lot of times people um they have big goals, they have big dreams, they have big aspirations, but they lack the patience to achieve it. They kind of want things right now. Um, hey, I worked hard for a year. Why am I why am I not in this position? Sometimes it's going to take two years. Sometimes it's going to take 10 years. Sometimes you know you might get lucky and it might be an overnight TikTok sensation. You just don't know. But you got to be willing to put in the effort from the beginning. All the way to the end. If you start letting up on the gas, you're only hurting yourself. So just floor it and and um, just overall just continue to believe in yourself.
0: Great advice. Love that. And why should fans check out AEW
1: Grand Slam? I mean, it's the biggest dynamite of the year. Arthur Ashe Stadium, we're going to crown new AEW uh, World Champion. We have Swerve in Our Glory versus the Acclaimed 2 there's so much jam-packed action in AEW. I think uh, the shows tend to have everything from everybody, whether, you're, um, whether you are whether like hardcore, whether you like technical wrestling, whether you like humor, whether you're a fan of just anything. It's all um, a huge, I guess, melting pot of professional wrestling, and you get to see it for free live on television on TBS, 8 p.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time. Bonus question.
0: Is there anything you wish I asked you in this interview? Is there you would, um. I, no. What's my social media handles? I don't know. I, I was going to ask that next. Any Anything random that, that you'd like <laughs> us to know
1: about you? Uh, I'm writing a book. It's the first time I've said that openly. I'm about 45,000 words in uh, and I hope to have that out in the next few years or so. So I like to dip my toes in every avenue uh, that I can. And, you know, I've read a lot of wrestling books growing up. So now that I'm achieving success. And I think I have a story to tell that would resonate with people. I want to put that out there uh, eventually. So that's a goal of mine.
0: That's amazing. I wish you the the very best in that. And that, and that's autobiography, right? Yes. Okay. Awesome. We'll definitely be on the lookout for that. And Anthony, of course, we, we know about AW Grand Slam September 21st live on TBS and tickets still on sale now, but where
1: can we find you online and where else can we find you next? You can find me at, at Bowens underscore official on Twitter and Instagram. If you like, uh, slapstick comedy you like to see uh, me outside of the acclaimed uh spear uh head to michael and anthony our youtube channel we have a ton of different videos sketch comedy uh, impressions parodies uh it's a good time so go check that out and then again make sure you watch aew dynamite grand slam next week live on television september 21st new york city 8 p.m but just remember that everyone loves the acclaimed Scissor me, brother. Thank you so much for the time.